Listener Production. I begin today by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording this podcast today, and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I also extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. This is Black Matters, a podcast that's about First Nations matters and why they matter. My name is MC from the Hit Radio Network, and as always, joining me, got to take a deep breath before I get through everything that you've done and everything you're doing. <gasps> Land rights lawyer, First Nations advocate, Wiradjuri and Wawan woman, and mate of over 20 years, Teela Reid. Welcome back. Yama, thanks for having me. I acknowledge the beautiful unceded lands and waters of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to all the First Nations across the continent and I acknowledge the First Nations as the first lawmakers. Now, this country is headed towards a referendum that will happen later this year uh, where Australians will make a decision as to whether a First Nations voice will be enshrined in the Constitution. On today's episode... I want to talk about how we differ currently from other countries around the world. Who's had something like this in place before? Can we learn from these countries? But I guess before we get to that, just to recap again for those that are still unsure as to what this voice is because there's not a day goes by without the media and members of either political party trying to muddy the waters somewhat. So let's just break it down and make it nice and simple. When we vote yes or no in this referendum, what are we actually voting for? So the Prime Minister has released precise words in relation to what the question will be mm-hmm. and what Australians will be asked at the ballot box. i got the question here. A proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the First Peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. What does that mean? The voice will simply be a mechanism enshrined in the constitution that will allow Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to make representations and express their views Mm -hmm. to the parliament. Yep. And government. So basically, so it'll be a vehicle. Yeah, to, to have input on decisions and laws and policies that affect First Nations people. There will actually be someone there to go, oh, no, 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 no. Have you thought about it this way? Or maybe this might be a good idea before the government ultimately makes the decision on whatever it is they're deciding on. Yes. And it's only to make those representations, it's not binding of parliament or the government. So it'll create a vehicle for the many different Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities to be able to express their views on the issues that are important to them, to their communities. So how do we compare to other countries around the world? Because Australia certainly isn't the only country with a history of colonisation. Are we way off? Are we so far behind everyone? Where do we sit on a global scale in regards to these sorts of things? Australia is such an anomaly. Right. So we're behind everyone, I'm assuming. People often have the urge to go, what can we compare it to? When in fact, we are so, I think, distinct in the process of colonisation and invasion and first contact Mm -hmm. that we're kind of, it's not useful to always compare this country to others because one of the things that happened at first contact on other continents was that the colonisers recognised that there was, in fact, Indigenous peoples that occupied the land. Right. In Australia, that didn't happen. Cook ignored his own order to seek the consent of 
the natives. And what we know now in Australia is that there never has been an attempt to recognise that this land was preoccupied and I think we're still trying to grapple with that. For example, what you can see in other countries is, you know, countries like New Zealand or Tour or Canada, when the colonisers invaded, they attempted to make a settlement and that meant there was an attempt to negotiate treaties. We did not have that same approach here. So from the get-go, these nations and Australia have gone down a very different path because, as you said, when you know, the English rocked up here however many hundred years ago. They they were given a list of things they were meant to do and, and rules they were meant to follow and they pretty much just did whatever they wanted and chucked those rules in the bin behind them. Yeah, and then they actually committed mass murder, massacres, a full-on slaughter of the natives. And it's not to say that colonisation went smoothly in any of these other countries, you know, Canada, mm. the USA, New Zealand... But what does it look like in those countries today in terms of them recognising their First Nations peoples? Is it in their constitution, like we're looking to do with The Voice? How does it look like for them? So in Canada, for example, and that's probably the jurisdiction I know best because I lived and studied there, there is constitutional change in Canada that has happened And that recognises Aboriginal rights and the previous treaty-making processes that uh, the nation-state and the Indigenous peoples had attempted to engage in. I think more to the point, which is, is one of the points you've also alluded to, these things happened in other countries and other colonies that didn't happen here. And while it might be imperfect... I think the difference is this. At least there was an attempt to negotiate in good faith. Mm -hmm. Think about this. This is what's different in Australia. There was an attempt to invade, settle and colonise and lawmakers at the time created this colony on the basis that the natives would die out. That was kind of the game plan, wasn't it? They just assumed (laughs) they're not going to last. Yeah. They'll be gone. So the game plan was very different. And I think... That is what makes us distinctly racist, distinctly different. And I think it really unsettles a lot of people because lots of people also talk about this notion of truth-telling. Like, I think Australians know the truth. I think many people just don't want to confront it. Would like to ignore the truth. Because I guess the other difference between, say, Australia and a lot of these other countries... Not that it makes it better or worse, but you look at, say, the United States or Canada. This happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, whereas the stuff that happened here, it's not ancient history. No. Which makes people wanting to maybe ignore what actually happened a little bit more icky because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, you're so right. I think there has been a systemic approach to trying to forget or, you know, pull your bootstraps up, get over it, move on kind of attitude in Australia. Oh, it wasn't us. Yep. We didn't do it. That is has become so toxic as part of our national narrative. So you can fly to different countries. Like New Zealand's a great example. You land there in Aotearoa and you can feel the Māori impact. Yeah. You can see the language and 
a certain amount of, I think, respect for for that culture. Well, I mean, you look at you look at any rugby union match that the All Blacks are part playing in. Great and, and, example. And when they sing their national anthem, there is a verse of the anthem in Maori, and it's not like they're being forced to do it. They want to do it, and you don't see anything more passionate than New Zealanders singing the anthem in Maori before doing the haka, before taking the field. Totally. One of the foundational documents of New Zealand is the Treaty of Waitangi. New Zealand doesn't have a written constitution like we do in Australia. So it doesn't necessarily have a structural document. It actually has an unwritten constitution. And so it means that if you've got a foundational document that is, for example, the Treaty of Waitangi, then actually the moral force of that is really powerful. Well, the country's built on that document that is recognising the First Nations peoples of that country. Absolutely. They've been there from day one. Yeah. Even though those treaties were not perfect because, you know, terms are consistently contested, what you do see is a different um, way in which governments interact with the Indian um, Mete and Newit kind of communities is because there always was the recognition at least that those First Nations were organised in a way to meet the government at the table and negotiate. Here, it's just an active denial, an active denial that there ever was Indigenous peoples that preoccupied the land. You've mentioned the word treaty a couple of times uh, in regards to these countries, United States, Canada, um, New Zealand, and a treaty is something different to what we will be voting on in this referendum being uh, a voice enshrined in the constitution. Just, Just quickly give us that difference and what a treaty is, for example. Well, a treaty is essentially an agreement. Right. An agreement on particular terms. Mm -hmm. And the idea of a treaty is your two sovereigns recognising each other. In different continents, it also has the other effect, which is as the First Nations, you've recognised the Crown as sovereign. And so it's a contest of trying to actively, I guess, enact the terms of that treaty. And if there are disputes, then they get resolved. I think the most powerful thing of a treaty, they are in principle supposed to be in created in good faith. And they're a negotiation held between parties on equal footing, equal standing, supposedly. In principle. Yeah. So we're not remotely close to that point here in this country, obviously, because the two parties are very different. Well, you think about Victoria's probably getting close. To a treaty? To a treaty. The First Peoples of Victoria Assembly are currently in the process of negotiating treaty with the Victorian government. And so that's probably the most advanced process in Australia. But whether it's treaty or whether it's constitutional recognition, both of those documents are forms of recognition. So the sovereigns recognising each other. Like it's not just treaty or voice either. If, If people have been to Scandinavia, the Indigenous people's in that part of the world have their own parliament. Yeah? Yeah. That act independently? Or... Yeah, their own parliament. And then what happens when, as in they govern themselves that... or they govern in partnership with the other parliament? 
It's like a coexisting of sovereignty. So looking at other countries in the world, maybe these places in Northern Europe are the perfect example on potentially Mm. where we could go. Are there things, because we are so far behind the eight ball, Mm. in there, is there an opportunity to get it right and maybe improve on where other nations are in the world? Are there lessons that we can take from these countries and, and do it properly here? I think there are always lessons to learn. And one, I would say I'm learning every day, which is we have to recognise that these are long systemic issues that really stem from what was so distinctly different in Australia. There was no attempt to negotiate in good faith with us, which means that we're here trying to rectify these issues. We're a nation without treaties. We're a nation without any constitutional recognition of the First Nations. And in other countries, you do see this history of treaty making or national reconciliation, truth and justice commissions. Um, The one consistent thing, I think, between treaty or constitutional recognition is both of them really come back to the words. And you know what? I'm, I'm really overwhelmed with especially millennials, our circles of friends and different, you know, people, they really care. They're really committed to this, this issue. And it's created lots of genuine discussions in my, um, my circles of people. And I just think overall, what I'm getting out of this, it's that people really give a shit about First Nations issues and it means something not just to First Nations peoples but non-Indigenous people. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this talking into these microphones if that wasn't the case. Mm. I I would like to think that while the politicians are trying to politicise and muddy the waters and, and, and take the focus away from what this referendum is actually about, I'd like to think that Australians are smart enough. Yeah. I'd like to think Australians are smart enough and ultimately the vast majority, I hope, of this country will stand on the right side of history. And while things are maybe not quite as you and First Nations people would hope, it's a first step and I hope that we as a nation take the right follow-up steps. Right, that's word of the week time. It's word of the, word, word, word of the week time. First Nations word because it's not something that certainly we were ever taught about in school and I think it's important. Yeah, so the word of the week this week is Gulani. Gulani means tree. Um, Gulani? Yeah, Gulani. Gulani. And I've been writing a bit about a particular tree in Wiradjuri country, where we're from. And I'll tell a little story just quickly. Go for it. I've been writing about Gulani because my granddad was born under a birthing tree. Was I'm assuming a birthing tree is exactly as the name suggests, the tree where people gave birth. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's just, isn't that just such a recent history to kind of go, oh, my God. My oh, that grand- was the actual tree that you're that, writing about. And I'm writing about a Gulani, yeah, a tree where my granddad was born under, where the women would gather, the birth would happen, the placenta would go back into the root of the tree And there would be ceremony and markings of that tree. And I think that's a beautiful part of the way in which First Nations women bring 
birth into the world, if you think about it, not long ago, it was happening under birthing Galani. Literally that connection to country from the day you are brought into this world. You are literally connected to that country. Galani. This has been another episode of Black Matters. Teela, as always, a pleasure. Yalu. Yalu.